Um, I'm going to open with a couple of scriptures and then prayer, and then we'll move from there. Uh, in 2014, God placed upon my heart to a level that I had no clue about at the moment, a scripture that would resonate with me for the next few years and even now. Uh, and it's out of Ezekiel, and uh, I'll, I'll never forget it. We were living in the mission house at the time. And I was going through, it's, it's ironic because at the time I felt like I was going through a dark time. Um, and it wasn't quite as dark as times to come. But the Lord had given me this verse in uh, one of my pursuits. And I was, I was seeking the word and I was praying and I was really seeking something else. And I was even doing a whole different word search to end up at this passage out of Ezekiel. And it's out of Ezekiel 20, and it's 47 and 48, and it's the, it says this, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will kindle a fire in you, and it shall devour every green tree in you and every dry tree. The blazing fire will not be quenched, and all faces from south to north shall be scorched by it. All flesh shall see that I, the Lord, have kindled it, and it shall not be quenched. Now, at the time, when I read that verse, and meditated on that scripture, uh, it was a difficult thing to really for me to contemplate because I know, I know, I understand it's writing in its time and the prophet writing to God's people and they had placed other things before the Lord and he was prophesying their destruction and all of that. But in terms of the application to my own life, I thought, okay, God, you've given me a scripture about devouring, uh, burning even, dry and green trees. And it doesn't make sense to me that we would burn green trees, right? And I shared with a class, a Sunday school class, just a couple of weeks ago that um, it doesn't make sense unless those green trees are green by my own estimation. And so if something in my life seems to be flourishing by my own estimation and not necessarily by God's, well, then that requires God's fire, would it not? It makes sense to burn that which is dead, but that which is green seems odd. And so I have... I have dwelled upon that scripture for many, many, really a few years now, and at the time I thought, well, you know, I think it applies to my ministry, you know, because it's real easy to get caught up in, um, you know, in, in the ministry that we do and the, the role that we play in ministry, particularly in vocational ministry, and it's, it's really easy to allow yourself to, to get in the way of what God is doing sometimes. And so I thought, well, God, are you telling, is that what you're sharing with me? I mean, are you, are you about to, to burn some things that I have placed too much of personal value on? And I've come to realize that it wasn't so much that, but it was more of a very personal nature. Um, and that's a story for another time, but had more to deal with the idolatry of, of my own marriage, honestly and a replacement of Jesus Christ with a person instead. And so I, I think very much that God used that scripture to help me see that and define that. He gave me another one about two years ago to couple with this one, and it's out of Isaiah. It's Isaiah 58, 11, and it says this, and the Lord will continue to satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. Hmm. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those two passages have carried me through the last few years in ways that I, it, beyond my ability to describe for you. The way God has worked 
to place me in the role that I'm in now is b crazy bizarre to me. It blows my mind that for the last mm, almost two years, I have been in counseling, like professional counseling, um, even now, still in professional counseling. Intended to be in marital counseling, it ended up being individual counseling. Um, I've carried that on. It blows my mind that for particularly a year and a half, I have been poured into by professional counselors, both, both sought out and then just friends that I have. Um, my best good friend in, in Memphis, I mean, he's just like a brother to me. Uh, his wife is a counselor, and there's just various people that God's placed in my life that have, you know, certain professional abilities that have been amazing. To me, that's ironic because now God has placed me within a ministry that surrounds me by counseling, right? And so I'm finding myself in this spot where it's extremely unique that I'm in a, an organization that provides counseling for others and then here I am with, a, with 20 plus years of pastoral ministry experience bringing that into this organization called Concepts of Truth. And so when I'm telling you about Concepts of Truth this morning, I, I mean this evening, <laughs> I'm telling you from a perspective that you might know a little bit about what we do, but I'm assuming that you probably don't know a lot about what we do. Just show of hands, how many of you have certainly heard of Concepts of Truth? Okay. How many of you knew we were international? Okay. How many of you know that we are known for our abortion helpline? Yes. Now, how many of you know that Dale and Millie Lace are the founders of Concepts of Truth? How many of you know that they don't live in Wynn anymore? A few. All right, so this is what I'm encountering as I've taken on this role with Concepts of Truth is that as I go around speaking to people and I meet people and I talk to people that even know Dale and Millie, they don't even know that they have moved to New Jersey. They don't live in Wynn anymore and haven't for over a year. And so they're like, oh, that's why I haven't seen them. And they're like, that's exactly right, because they don't live here anymore. And so this is part of my role with Concepts of Truth is to help bring awareness to what we do and who we are and we're, that we're in Wynn because a lot of what I hear also is that I didn't realize they were still doing anything here in Wynn, Arkansas. And that's understandable because they moved away and the role that they played has been relatively vacant for the last year or so. Um, and that's where, that's where I come in. They hired me on as their, the director for their Win office to help raise awareness and to um, just help carry this on to, a, to a, new, a new state, I mean a new level and a new stage of operation. And I'm very excited about that. And the reason that I got the request to submit my resume is because I bounced a check. Amen. I did, amen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had been, since I had left here, I had applied for two jobs, um, very specific jobs. I, I was in a, this limbo state trying to figure out exactly what God wanted me to do next. I really didn't know. Um, I had a few people suggest a couple of things and even ask me about applying for a couple of things, which I did not do. And then two, I thought, okay, I'll, God's kind of freed me up to go in these two directions, uh, and let's just see what happens. And neither of those directions went anywhere. And I get a text out of the blue, and I had no idea. It was one of those things where the number comes through, and I don't know who it is. And I'm like, what in the world? It's like, hey, if you'd like to submit your resume to Concepts of Truth, we need a, uh, for the director position of the Wynn, Arkansas office, submit your resume to. I mean, it was like, 
it was like this data thing. I mean, it wasn't even personal at all. You know, submit it to this website. Or, and I'm like, what in the, who in the world is this? And it turned out it was Dale Lace, but I didn't have his number. I had Millie Lace's number. And then she sent me a text shortly thereafter stating something uh, similar but a little less rigid. You know, she's a little more emotional and, and, and personal. And so I realized at that moment that, oh, you know what? I think, I think this, I really think this is what God wants me to do. I had no question in my mind. And this is significant because... Because every place that I have served in ministry, every single one, including here, every single one, I've never submitted a resume without request. I'm not one of these ministers that just keeps a resume active and it's on somebody's site and it's just being passed around in hopes that, you know, the bigger and bigger church would, would call or anything like that. It's really been by the submission of my own heart to what God wants me to do. And in every single case, that has been the case. And what I think is so beautiful about this is that even now, this was a request, and it's a ministry. And it's just such a beautiful moment. It wasn't until I was in the interview that they actually said, hey, you bounced a check with us. <laughs> and the reason was because I was switching some accounts. I had to close an account, and it was an account that we had set up an auto draft on, and I was, I was trimming that off, and I forgot to change that auto thing over to a new account that I had opened. And so that's what happened, but it was interesting because it's that very thing that brought me to mind for them. And I think that's just a beautiful way of God's hand in working uh, in a situation that was going to, you know, certainly help us both. So that's in a nutshell the kind of who am I part, because you already know who I am. But who is Concepts of Truth? They've been around, we're going into it, what, like 20 years, um, going into our 19th year. And our beginnings, as you know, is because, if you know Dale and Millie, you know it's because they themselves, as a married couple, uh, certainly had an abortion. And... At some point in her life, God pressed upon Millie to, to share that story and shift her whole purpose in life to this ministry of concepts of truth. Uh, this past year, you can see 2018 stats. Uh, our clients served, or 2,670 number of clients were presented the gospel, 161. And we know for sure that we saved 11 babies in the process of that. Our helpline call, our helpline takes calls from all over the world, literally all over the world. And when I look through the list of locations where the calls, you know, from where the calls come, um, I see places like Lebanon, you know, I see places like China, and I see, I see other places in the Middle East. It blows my mind that people are finding a way to call us from such restricted countries, and even countries that would certainly force abortions, that kind of thing. Not to mention those that call from the states, the United States. There are people that will call from a parking lot of an abortion clinic trying to make a decision. And so we have this term called abortion-minded because um, they are, in fact, abortion-minded. And it's our desire that they would change their mind. And, of course, the, the call is taken. And, you know, if we can even just get them to just trust the Lord for 24 hours, just trust the Lord for 24 hours more, um, you know, that's a successful step. We do get a lot of calls that are post-abortive, and those are, there's a lot of trauma in that. There's a ton of trauma. We've even moved away from, not that we're scared of the term, but we have shifted our terminology from abortion specifically to reproductive loss because we also get calls for folks that are just dealing with reproductive loss. And if you've miscarried a child, then you understand that that has its own element of trauma as well. And so we're dealing with calls from that. We get calls from men and women too, by the way, not just women. We get calls from uh, fathers of babies who didn't have an option or just learned that that had happened. 
or a father of a child who's pregnant, that kind of thing. There's grandparents that call our line. So we get a, it's, it's a full gamut of phone calls. Now that's our helpline. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now that may, be the, that may be the limit of what you know about Concepts of Truth, but what we also do at Concepts of Truth is that we have counseling provided anytime right here in Wynn, Arkansas at our office. You can call our line, and sometimes you would get me, and we can make an appointment, and you can come in for any number of reasons, whether it be marital, whether it be parenting, you can bring your child in, it can just be personal counseling. It's huge. It's an opportunity right here in Wynn, Arkansas that maybe you didn't know existed. And we provide that. We have recovery weekends that we provide also. Recovery weekends are designed, and it's curriculum that's written by our staff, where women, and it is for women in this case, but women can sign up and attend one of our recovery weekends, and they can go for that weekend for the purpose of their own healing. And sometimes these women are recovering from something that happened 30 years ago. Statistically speaking, one in three women sitting in a church pew in this country is sitting in silence because of an abortion. They're touched in some way by an abortion. Now think about that for just a minute. One in three. One in three. And so Millie Lace, our founder, loves to tell that story. Uh, Love is a difficult word to use there. She feels compelled to tell that story because she is one of those one in three that sat on a pew in silence for so many years. I've got a few quotes. Um, oh, yeah, I should have probably told you about our vision and mission. <laughs> For the world to know Castro. Uh-oh, I don't have it memorized, by the way. Um, Maybe we'll return to that at some point. Oh, here we go. So, for the world to know God's truth and make healthy life choices. Our mission is to share God's truth about life around the world, providing counseling, recovery, and prevention, sustaining families and mental and sexual health, Using pragmatic models written from experience in reproductive loss and sexual trauma, we educate the whole person to make healthy life choices and empower future generations. Clearly, there's a reason I don't have that memorized. All right? I brought a few quotes with me to share. Um, they'll be up here on the slides, too. This one, I connected so well with LaVon. We connected in a way that is indescribable, but it was very beautiful. LaVon gave me the courage to find my voice, all right, there's a putting a voice to your trauma that is valuable. I, you know, I feel like I've experienced that personally myself. She will always be part of my journey, and I will always thank God for sending her that night when I needed her most. That was a 2018 caller. This one says, and I understand this can be, this will be graphic. This caller's second abortion occurred today while she was at home after taking the RU4086 uh, pill. I, it was traumatizing to her because she could see the whole baby and was expecting it to look more like cells or tissue. She stated she wasn't informed on what to expect and now feels very guilty and regrets her decision. She placed the baby in a little box for she could not flush it down the toilet. And those are the instructions that she was given uh, when given that drug. This caller aborted a year and a half ago. Father of the baby wanted the baby, but she already had a baby and was suffering from postpartum depression. I listened to her story. I told her mine and my salvation story. She was very receptive. She is a Christian, but hasn't been to church since the abortion. Obviously, she felt guilty and judgmental. I mean, judgment. I was sharing this one quote about the little the baby, putting the baby in the box, in a little box, 
And after the service, someone came up to me to tell me, this is a really, this is a really cool story. I hope that I get to video his uh, story. One of the things that our, our folks do on the helpline, and the women that work our helpline have all personally had abortions. So they are speaking from experience when they take these calls. They are all Christians, and so they are equipped to share uh, the gospel with callers that call in. One of the things that we do that helps women to deal with the trauma is we lead them into the process of naming their baby uh, very specifically or maybe even having a ceremony of some sorts to help bring uh, closure or compensation for them and their loss. I had a gentleman just a few weeks ago come up to me after a church presentation and he said, you know what, that thing that you guys do where you name the baby, he said, my mother is 96 years old and she said, I had a sibling that was stillborn all right, so she's not abortion at all, just a stillborn child that the doctors would not let her have, hold, or see when that baby was born. And he said, for all of my life, I've heard my mother talk about this baby and wonder about this baby. And he said, a few years ago, he said, about three years ago, we went to my mother and said, Mom, maybe you need to name that baby. And she's like, what are you talking about? He said, Mom, I learned this thing when I went and heard about you know, what Concepts of Truth does, he said, maybe you should take the time to name that baby, even though you never saw that baby. And so together, mother and son, they walked through family names, and she, she decided on a first name and a middle name for that child and, and actually named that baby. He and his wife helped her acquire a memory stone for that baby. And he said, you know, in the last three years, she's not talked about that child in the same way since. She had closure in her 90s over that. It's amazing what just the littlest things can do to help bring people closure. So these recovery weekends are for just that. It's to help bring women to a place of, of, of healing, a place of, of a reclaimed life, so to speak, for them. It helps bring them to a place of dealing with their trauma and dealing with their loss, and so we do that. Um, one of the things we also do is uh, we're trying to get involved in churches specifically. And it's one of the reasons I'm here tonight. I mean, it's not the only reason, but it's one of the reasons. And we're wanting to get in more and more churches because we feel like that what we can offer is uh, relief to pastors and ministers and leaders in churches. Because if one in three women are sitting in congregations right now in silence, the likelihood of them coming into is obviously a male office to share that story is probably zero, probably zero. And let me just tell you as a side note, I have learned things over the last two, year and a half from people that I never would have learned sitting in my office here at Wynn Baptist Church, never. It's only upon exposure and revelation and telling a story that I now have learned things from individuals within our congregation that have called me and shared and poured themselves out to me because suddenly, suddenly, as a minister, I see, I'm fallible, right? Suddenly, okay, there are problems. He has problems. He has difficulties. Suddenly, there's a common ground. Suddenly, there's a commonality that wasn't there when I was sitting in my office. And I appreciate that very much. It's one of the graces I think God has provided for me. So one of the things that we want to do with church involvement is help is really help relieve the burden off of pastors and ministers and leaders, Sunday school teachers, whatever, to help to help come in and support them in this area 
of trauma, whatever it is. Obviously, we can do more than just the abortion trauma. Whatever counseling is needed, we provide that. So we can help pastors that maybe don't feel equipped or perhaps don't even have the time or are dealing with things that maybe a woman's just not going to come and talk to him about. That's one of the things that we do. You know, I really am not sure what all the slides are that I have. So I'm gonna go, we're gonna bump to the next one. Okay, good, that'll help me stay on track. That's our Hong Kong slide up there. Um, I mentioned that we're international. Now, we're international in uh, more than one way, more than just our international helpline. Um, we also have three offices. We have the Wynn office, which is our home office, and then we have an office in Ohio, and of course, now that Millie and Dale have moved to New Jersey, we also have a New Jersey office. So we have three offices here in our country in specific locations, but our home office is in Wynn, Arkansas, and here we are in Wynn, Arkansas. I loved, uh, not last week, but two weeks ago when, when Jeff was here, Jeff Bronner was here, and he was talking about all these great things that have come out of Wynn. I mean, he was kind of listing those out, and I was sitting there thinking, yeah, absolutely, you know, Concepts of Truth is another example of that. Such a great thing right here in our town of Wynn, Arkansas, and it's international. It blows my mind to think about that. Uh, Millie and Dale have gone to China. One of the things that's happening right now in China is the training for our recovery models, um, and of all places, China, when you think about that and you think about what you know about population control, it's pretty amazing that we're actually in that location. Um, and that's a whole long story in itself that I don't have the time to tell you, but if you ever get a chance to listen to Millie about it, she's a great storyteller, and she loves to tell the one about getting into China and going to Hong Kong. Um, that particular curriculum has been translated into another language, and we have other curriculums that are also be, being translated into other languages for this purpose. Our vision is to get into other countries. Our vision is to get this type of recovery as well as preventive curriculum into other parts of the world. And we're doing that. We're doing that at Concepts of Truth, and it's really exciting. It's amazing to be a part of it, and it's amazing to see it happen. And my guess is that most of the people in Wynn, Arkansas don't realize that's happening right here in Wynn, Arkansas. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. Speaking of our curriculum, oh yeah, that's, uh, okay, we're going to pause right there because that's our United Nations stuff and I know you want to hear a little bit about that. But before we do that, I want to show you two things. Uh-oh. I want to show you um, a little video that I have and then I want to tell you something and then I want to introduce somebody else to you. So if we could play just that, let me, let me preface it. This is Jessica. She works with me in the office here in Wynn, Arkansas. She couldn't be here tonight. She likes to be here if she can. She has her own story that she shares. She sent me this video, literally, Mallory, I, praise God for Mallory. I sent this in 20-second segments to her. Uh, she and Irene put it together to put it on the screen, so hopefully it's all in the right order. But it's Jessica kind of telling you her story via video because she's at another missions event tonight at another church. So if you will, just take a look here. Hi, my name is Jessica Howe with Concepts of Truth International, and I'm praying that Todd shows this video on a small screen and not a large screen. Um, I just want to tell you real quick, by 15, I was a parent. Um, so by 15, I knew what it was like to be called mother. Um, at 12, we had actually started having sex, um, me and my boyfriend and what is now my husband today. And by 14, we had experienced reproductive loss. I thank God every day he gave me a good gift in the middle of my sin. Mm. 
I started working for Concepts of Truth in October 2018. Millie asked me uh, to be the coordinator of the sexual health curriculum. And I was a little scared to do that because I didn't know anything about um, uh, having purity and integrity at a young age. Um, I prayed about it and the Lord showed me that He wanted to use uh, all of me and not just some of me. Um, we started teaching the sexual health curriculum and I want to tell you, I mean, you can't walk away unchanged, no matter how old you are. It's just something that we didn't talk about when I was young. We go in and we teach the students how they have value and and dignity and freedom and how their best choice is to save sex for um, one monogamous, lifetime, unconditional loving partner uh, being one male and one female. Please just know that um, that it's such a God thing what we're doing, what we're going into the schools and doing. I just can't speak highly enough about Concepts of Truth. I've seen child or teenager, whatever you want to call them, um, one right after another actually commit to stay pure. This has been a challenge for me to record this video because I'm just not used to staring into a, a camera. <laughs> so please forgive me if this comes off kind of odd. But but I I just, I really pray that tonight that that you feel a tug by God to come and join us, regardless if it's support, prayer, or if you want to come volunteer. Mm -hmm. But I want to encourage you um, that this is one of the ways that we're actually fighting abortion. Um, that we're teaching that sex has a purpose and that you absolutely, if you choose to um, um, have sex, that one of its purposes is for, for children. And... Um, but if there's somebody out there tonight and you're sitting there and you're like, I, I'm ready to help fight this fight to, to end and stop abortion, um, join us. Pray for us. Support us. Come volunteer for us. Um, we can do this. It didn't start overnight, but just the way that it is in Christ, it's one seed planted at a time. It'll grow and it'll produce something beautiful. And that's what we're doing every time that we go into school systems. And we teach godly, um, biblical principles. Thank you so much for listening to us tonight. Um, I just want to encourage you to ask more questions. To come by, to call us, we'll sit down with you. Either one of us, me or Brother Todd or both of us. And tell you all about what we're doing in the school systems. But don't sit back and think, I can't do this. But you can and we're reaching so many kids that some of them may never hear these truths if we weren't there to teach them. And in order for us to get in more schools, we need more volunteers. We need people to step up and say that they'll help us fight. But God bless each and every one of you, and I pray that the Lord bless you all richly. And I pray that uh, somebody uh, listening to this tonight, um, you already were being called and now God just opened the door for you to be able to help and fight this fight. God bless you and come on. Amen.
Jessica is fantastic. She is such a sweetheart, and she's a lot of fun to work with. If you haven't met her, I just encourage you, go by the office. She's there pretty much Monday through Thursday, half days on Wednesdays, but uh, go by and say hello. Tell her, just introduce yourself. We love that kind of thing, and she is a sweet, sweetheart. She and I actually tag team. We work together in the school system. Something I didn't know I was getting into when I came on to Concepts of Truth was uh, teaching the Concepts of Sexual Health curriculum. Now, I kind of wear that as a badge of honor, I'll be honest, all right, because it's kind of cool to be like, you know, because I'm in the health class and I feel like I'm, you know, I'm teaching sex ed, right, for the, for the health class, but it is the most amazing thing to teach. We are in seventh and eighth grade uh, classes now, just, well, this will be, tomorrow starts our third session with a brand new group. In that particular age range, we divide them girls and guys. Um, it's a modified curriculum for that age uh, specifically because you can just you can imagine um, at their age and mentality the jokes that seem to flow freely from the classroom. That's for sure. Um, that curriculum has already been in our in the high school here in Wynn for several years, and we have it in other places in Arkansas as well. It's school board approved, uh, which is fantastic because that I mean that's huge for us because like Jessica said, I mean it's laced with biblical principle, it's laced with um, morality, uh, it's laced with everything that we believe in as Christians, uh, and here we are teaching that. Uh, to in a public school system, uh, which is a fantastic thing, and it's it's great to hear interpretations of unconditional love from students when we start to discuss that particular topic. And it's interesting to hear the different perspectives and, and what, they, what they have on that. So, are you in where, oh, there's a picture of one of our classes right there too. Um, that's one of the high school classes, I think, so you might recognize somebody out of there. All right, are you in work? We just got back from a UN conference, which uh, was just this past week. It ended up being a couple of days longer than expected because our flights were canceled twice. Um, coming back. So Kaysen, my son, and I went, and this particular conference at the UN, now I don't, I don't, how many of you knew we were involved with the UN? Le a lot less hands. This is a huge, huge deal. Um, the fact that we are involved with the United Nations as an NGO, which is a non-government organization, uh, is absolutely enormous. And again, out of Wynn, Arkansas, all right, out of Wynn, Arkansas, and so what we're doing is we're having the opportunity to educate essentially the nations, essentially the world. We're able to, um, we're able to educate and teach and train folks uh, in areas that deal with social development, that deals with sexual health and awareness, it deals with human trafficking, it deals with emotional poverty, it deals with counseling, all of these things. And we're able to, I think the panel that just met this past week, we had eight nations represented uh, listening to our, our panel of students. And this particular week was just students. And um, now this is not from this particular week, this is from another event. And this was a time when they did some training. Oh, yeah, hey, there's our concepts of sexual health curriculum. Uh, I threw that in the wrong spot on our slides. Now, this is Millie doing an orientation for the group of students that went this past Tuesday to present um, at the United Nations. And she's giving an overview and orientation. That's the document that was submitted economic and social, to the Economic and Social Council. Um, and that you can see there was submitted by Concepts of Truth. That's our panel. Uh, sitting there practicing. It's not everybody represented, but we were going through an overview for the next day, 
and there's several students there. And that's the room we were actually presenting in. And uh, it was really cool because there were people behind all those windows and the different languages that they represent, Russia, English, whatever. Um, there's our panel checking out the room before. That was the day before, I believe, um, which was really cool. And there we are in one of the uh, assembly rooms. And we had the unique opportunity to be in the uh, security council chamber. Uh, not, you can't just walk in there, by the way. What we did. <laughs> I mean, we're like, what can really happen, right? Are they just going to throw us out or shoot us or whatever? Uh, but we went into the security council chamber and took pictures. And this is actually the general assembly's uh, chamber. So we were allowed, they did, we did ask permission to go in there. And they let us go in there and take some pictures. Um, so that's where we were. And then that's outside. Once we got kicked out, we took pictures of the, uh, by the globe. So at this moment, I do have just a few minutes. I was going to ask Kaysen to come up because he was there and he was a part of the uh, panel itself. Uh, the panel was made up of, stu of, of students. So they, they call them youth there. Um, but they were, uh, it's anywhere from 16 to 18. And Kaysen moderated that panel for us this week. Uh, I asked him if he wanted to share a little bit. Um, you want to come do that? How about, how about you get moving now there, buddy? I mean, we can get you, drag you up here. And I need a microphone. The blue one, is this blue? Gold, yellow, can we use yellow? All right. Do I need to do anything to it? Yes. The red button. It's been a long time. It's still not coming on. Oh, my goodness, it's one of those moments, son. There we go. All right. Thank you, Miss Dana. So, this is Kaysen, my Hello. Son. <laughs> All right, hi. Um, so if you don't know me, I do not like talking in front of groups of people. It, it scares me, which makes it kind of funny that I'm speaking in front of a group of people, telling a story about speaking in front of a group of people. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, when... Uh, when Dad. Dad. Dad? Just helping you out, yeah. Okay, when Dad came, and he uh, asked me about, or he, he brought up the idea of going with Concepts of Truth uh, and speaking at the United Nations. I didn't fully know exactly what they did, and I didn't fully know exactly what they were about and what I was going to be doing. I heard the words New York, and that was about it for the first, for the first time. So, uh, but I went to meet Miss Millie and talked to her. She liked me. Uh, and I was going to be a panelist, but then they had a bunch of students who were much more qualified than me as panelists, and, uh, but I had the privilege of going as a moderator. So we went to New York. I did a little more reading up on Concepts of Truth and what they did, uh, and I began to really understand exactly what they were doing and the stuff that, and the, the, uh, the uh, movement that they were and the things that they were, the people they were impacting. That's what I was looking for. Um, so we came, and uh, we stayed with Miss Millie and Mr. Dale, who were very kind to let us stay there, uh, especially those two extra days. Um, but I met the other students, uh, and I was given my script about two days before I actually had to say it. So I had about those days to read it and learn it and all that. Uh, so you can imagine, I was very scared. <laughs> um, uh, so Tuesday came which was the day that we were uh, supposed to have the panel. Uh, some of you may have watched it as it was streamed. Um, but that day, I woke up, and we had to get up very early. I was terrified. 
Uh, I did not know it. I, w I didn't have it memorized. I felt like I had needed to have it memorized. I didn't want to have to read it, but I didn't. I didn't have it memorized. We had about an hour bus ride there. It was agony. I was horrible that whole bus ride. Uh, I was sweating. I was shaking. Uh, it was just a mess. I was just a mess of nerves. Uh, and I spent that entire morning and the night before uh, texting just about everyone I knew to text, asking them to pray for me, <laughs> and uh, just asking them to ask whoever they could ask to pray for me, uh, because I felt like I needed it, and I did need it. Oh, Lord, I needed it. Um, and so we got, we went through the bus ride, spent the whole bus ride reading over my papers and what I was supposed to say. I still didn't know it. Uh, we got there, we had about 45 minutes, spent that whole 45 minutes reading over it and rereading over it and trying to learn just the first part, just so I could get through that and then maybe the rest would fall into place. I couldn't get it, I could not lock it down. And I kept texting people to pray for me. I have friends that I know over the internet that are just, they're all over the world. Most of them aren't even Christians and I would message them and ask them to pray for me even if they didn't believe that it was gonna have any effect. Uh, and they did, they all obliged and uh, some of them just humored me, uh, but they did. And so that day, uh, we went into the, we started the panel at 945, uh, to my dread, <laughs> it started. And Miss Millie was to introduce me before I would introduce everyone else. Uh, and so she gets up there, she says her good morning, and it just feels like the minutes are just dragging on. I'm still a mess of nerves, I'm shaking, I'm nervous, uh, my palms were sweaty, my knees were weak, and my arms were heavy. Uh, it was, it was, it was, I was a mess. Uh, and Miss Millie introduced me. We switched seats and I came and sat up there. And I did my first bit, which was good morning. Uh, and introducing the first panelist was not good. I will be the first to admit it was pretty bad. I was shaky. My voice was shaky. It was weak. I stuttered over a few of my words. It, it wasn't good. And I was reading for most of it. I didn't really look up. But I introduced the first panelist. Uh, Peter, and Peter began his paper that he had written, uh, which was very good on him. And as he was speaking, I had a thought. And I was sitting there and I thought, you know, I've spent this whole morning sitting here on my phone, texting as many people as I could, asking them to say a prayer on my behalf and ask God to help me on my behalf. But I never sat down and put my script aside and took the time to pray and ask God myself, not once. So that moment, while Peter was speaking, I was still looking at him, my eyes were open, I was looking interested, uh, and I just said a quick prayer in my head to God. I asked him to calm my nerves, I asked him to, to really be the one speaking through me, to be, the one, to be the power behind my words that were supposedly going to reach people. And in that moment, it didn't feel like my words were gonna reach people or were gonna mean anything to people. But I knew that if anyone was gonna do it, it was God. So, I said that prayer. Peter wrapped up his thing. The entire rest of the panel went perfect. I think just about everyone on that panel, and I've talked to just about everyone on that panel, agrees that as Peter was speaking, in the middle of that, everything changed. Everyone was nervous, but at one moment, everything went away. No one was nervous, went smoothly. And I credit that entirely to God. I think God absolutely had his hand on that panel from that moment.
and that's pretty amazing. Amen. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> sure. Yeah. Thank you. Excellent, son. Here, I'll just take that. Very good. All right. Um, yeah, he's right. It, it was a, a distinctive change in the panel um, at that point forward. So I know we're running short on time, so I'm going to just tell you quickly how you can help. Um, ways that you can help, and I think we have a slide. Obviously, pray for us. We need your prayers. Uh, we need them in a big way because we, our function is outrunning our support. You understand what I'm saying there? Our function and our, our reach and our impact is outrunning our donors. <laughs> so we need you to pray for that because we've got to find a way to underwrite the things that we're doing and the things that we know the Lord wants us to do. We know that the Lord is going to do that for us. It's one of the reasons we're getting into churches, and I'm thankful to say that Wynn Baptist, I mean, we're a part of your, the faith giving for here at Wynn Baptist, so that's wonderful. And we're, we're trying to get in other churches and maybe get on some of their giving, uh, maybe get into um, some of those church members. So you can help us by praying and also talking to other people about us. Um, it's hard, and I know, I know from experience that if somebody walks into my office and wants to preach in my pulpit, I'm skeptical. I don't, want, I don't want to do that. It takes a lot for a minister to be convinced to let somebody share in their church. It really does. Because we're naturally guarded. We think somebody is competing against what we do or what we need. And uh, it helps us by having a buffer, to have a voice that says, hey, I know this pastor here. He's a friend of mine. I'll talk to him and Concepts of Truth. I'll vouch for you. If you can do that, that helps us hugely because then we suddenly can get an invitation and they can trust us to speak. They just don't know they can. And so we need help getting them to know that they can. Uh, so helping us connect with more churches. Be trained as a helpline consultant. That's another area where we're constantly needing more people to help on the helpline. Only you will know if that's something that God's uh, laying on your heart to be able to do. Uh, being trained as a school consultant. You can do that, I promise you. I am doing that, and I never thought I would do such a thing, but it is an exciting, it is, it's, it's really fun. I got to tell you, it's really fun. I like it. So be trained as a school consultant for a sexual health curriculum. Tell someone else about our services and pass out our cards. I put a brochure and a card in each of the seats. That card says, continue the conversation. And the way that works is sometimes we're interacting with somebody and they're trying to, you know, they, they can't quite talk about what's going on or they don't want to, or you know there's trauma in their life. You can give that card to them and say, look, call this helpline. It's completely confidential. These folks can help you. And so we've kind of tagged this continue the conversation uh, on that card for that purpose. Um, that says run in the 5K, but you don't have to do that. You can just participate. You know, you can help us pass out water. You can um, help us run the 5K or run in the 5K. Either way, we do that two locations uh, once a year, one at Village Creek here, and then there's another one in New Jersey that we also do. Attend our annual gala in May that's coming up, May 3rd. Um, you can do the, you can actually attend by just going and filling a seat itself. You can do, be a corporate sponsor of a table and then fill that table. Um, that's a huge fundraiser for us, and I know, I know many of you have been to the gala before. Uh, this year's theme is Reclaimed, um, and that's uh, going to be our theme this year for the gala. We're excited about that. Um, and then become a monthly donor. That, too, is hugely important. The brochure in your seat has a way you can do that if you choose to do that. Mike, I didn't tell you I was gonna ask for money, but that's, that's, you know, that's what I'm doing. So most time churches can trust us, you know, but I'm asking for money. So um, 
Truly, though, if you're not a monthly donor, that is the bread and butter of what we do. It really is. I mean, we, we do get appointments with folks that, that, can, that can give big, and, and we hope that they do, and there's businesses that can underwrite a good bit of what we do. But at the end of the day, um, you know, those, those folks don't last forever, and they're extremely helpful, but it's the, man, it's the guy that's likely to bounce a check <laughs> that gives on a monthly basis, and many of those that really help underwrite what we do. So maybe God's put that on your heart, and no gift is too small. I mean, people say that all the time, but it's really the truth. Uh, every gift that comes in is God is praised, and we are, we are on an ethical, we operate in a very ethical process with our finances. So any, when checks come in, more than one person actually sees that at one point in time. And I guarantee you, I know, because I'm part of that, I hear people praise the Lord when whatever it is, $10, $20, $30, whatever comes in, people praise the Lord when that happens. So that's another way that you can help us.